Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alston, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We're here to preview game three of the regular season uh, Falcons at the Seahawks this Sunday. Welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man? Doing good. Let's um, get ready for a, a, a winnable game this week. I think that the Seahawks really have a chance against the Falcons. Yeah, this is the one we uh, we scheduled on uh, early in the season uh, that would be a win for the Seahawks. Both of us in our prediction show had this, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm in the toss up category now after seeing the performances in week one and week two, especially since you know it's been uh, six quarters since the offense has scored uh, any points. I'm hopeful, however, that we can turn things around and put it all together in this game, and I think that's really the key is putting it all together. We've seen little bits and pieces here and there. Some of the defense has been kind of um, lacking, if you will, as far as being able to stop the run. Uh, we've been okay defending the pass some of the time, but we haven't been able to get pressure consistently on on quarterbacks. Um, it'd be nice if we could put it together a really nice defensive uh, game plan and execution in this game, as well as kind of let the offense kind of just get out of its own way and and uh, run the ball effectively and let Gino um, pass the ball um, yeah. and 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 kind of put it all together. And I'm wondering if you think that that's going to happen in this game. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to do it, this is a this is a um, a team to do it against. I, I think that um, I'd like to see Seattle go out and, you know, actually execute and do some things but i have my doubts that offensively they're going to get the job done i think defensively they're going to um this this is this is a game where they should play significantly better yeah no i agree you know but the the scary proposition is that if they don't do it in this game when do they do it oh man um you know if they if they miss against the the falcons the seahawks are at the lions that's another opportunity but the lions are an improving team and then you look at the saints and then the cardinals the chargers the giants are 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 looking improved we're back to the cardinals it could be a little while keith before Mm -hmm. this team really has a chance to put a win on the board if they can't get it done this week yeah i agree um i mean it's Team's got to turn some corners um, this week. They've got to show that the first half against Denver wasn't, you know, just because it was the first half of a um, of the season, and you know the Russell Wilson effect. They they've got to show that they're more than that, and this is this is their chance. Come out, prove everybody wrong, show you that you're a competent team. Yeah, yeah. I proved me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, in front of my eyes, I'm turning skeptical, and I hate that because I, I want my team to be successful, but they need to show me. Um, and there, and there's a few different players that are expected to kind of take the next step that that haven't so far yet. Um, 
our wide receiver group hasn't had a chance to really show and catch the ball. Tyler Lockett had a nice game. Other than that, everyone's just kind of been waiting around. Our running game is completely lacking. Um, we've got one of the best running, potentially running games in the entire NFL with Rashad Penny and Ken Walker drafted in the second round. Um, the, the two other running backs in Dallas and Homer look good in preseason so far. Just really hasn't been there. And so I, I got a, I got a, I got a stat for you since you're talking about the running game. Um, the Seahawks are dead last in the NFL in rushing yards with 112. Yeah, and it feels like it. It feels like it. It's, for a team it's that been... wants to run the ball like that, they want that to be their identity, where they run the ball, they're physical, all of that. They are dead last in rushing yeah. the football right now. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. We haven't been able to sustain anything. No conversions on third downs. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we're dead last in that category as well. Um, as far as time of possession, we we need to be near to the bottom on almost all of those critical categories, it would seem to me. I haven't looked them up. I don't know for sure, but it feels that way. Um, let's talk about Atlanta for a little bit. I know that we kind of want to focus on what the Seahawks need to do, but what kind of a team are we facing this Sunday? Atlanta comes in with a new quarterback this year. They shipped off Matt Ryan in a trade um, earlier in the offseason and brought in Marcus Mariota. They also drafted Desmond Ritter in the draft. Uh, I thought one of the more ready guys um, in the draft that, that might be able to come in and, and uh, play right away. It's a good situation, actually, for him. Uh, behind Mariota, a decent quarterback, has been around. He's a consummate professional. Uh, it's a good place for Desmond Ritter to sit back, at least even for a half a season, to, um, to learn uh, what the NFL is all about and then come in and, and kind of see what they've got with him. Um, cause I'm not sure after drafting Desmond Ritter, they go up to, uh, you know, at the top of the draft next year and draft another guy. Um, but th they may, I mean, it might be just bad enough where they might have to do that. Well, I mean, they clearly didn't think that Ritter was worth, um, you know, that what he was a franchise quarterback or you wouldn't have let, you know, every team have multiple shots at him before you select him. I think they didn't expect well, him to fall that, yes, they didn't expect I mean, him to fall thing. that far. Same thing could have been said for Russell Wilson back in the day too, but um, I get it. No, you're right. Um, and and I think that the value placed on the quarterbacks in the draft was correct. Um, and and we're seeing too uh, Trubisky starting over uh, the kid from Pittsburgh uh, mm -hmm. that was that was drafted um, as well. So nobody's really coming out and um, what's because that year's playing right last away. year's quarterback quarterback class was not a good group of guys so yeah um i mean but yeah the, so look we're looking at um with this that the the falcons what do they do well now a word from our new sponsor raycon lately i've been listening to a lot of the foo fighters and it's been great one reason it's been great to listen to because i use my raycon wireless earbuds to do it raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons price just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. 
It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. When I'm using my Raycons, I have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolations. Whether I'm in the studio or listening to my favorite band, my Raycons are great. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Um, so far this year, they've run the ball really well. They're a pretty decent running team. They're top, they're they're number 10 overall in the NFL in rushing. Um, they lead the league in turnovers, <laughs> I think, with with four so far in two weeks. Um their defensive line with Grady Jackson has the potential to be to be disruptive, especially against the Seahawks. Um, and their their defensive backs have picked off a couple of passes so far and have been pretty sticky in coverage. That that's about it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm being generous. I'm obviously. I mean, this is a entertainment show. I'm trying to uh, play along, but it, the Falcons are not a great team. In fact, mm -hmm. they're probably one of the few teams that I could say are, are worse than the Seahawks currently, both in talent and uh, record. Although the Falcons, I, I have to say, played two quality opponents really close, um, which gives me pause about predicting a win for the Seahawks in this one because. Uh, they fell to the Saints by one point, and they almost came back and, and clipped the, the Rams in the last outing, um, lost 27 to 31. Yeah, I mean, they have, I think they've played um, pretty well. I don't think that they are overly talented, if that makes sense. Um, and They were leading 26 to 10 in the fourth quarter against the Saints. I mean... And yeah. then they lost. And, and you predicted the Saints would win that division. Yeah, I still think they will. So I'm just saying that they're, they're hanging with mm -hmm. some really good com uh, competition. And I can't say the same with the Seahawks. Now, um, I don't know what the Broncos are going to turn into this year, but it doesn't seem like they're this on the same level as the Rams and the Saints. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we're two games in, but yep. um, <clears throat> I will say that, um, you know, Marcus Marietta isn't um, making himself look like a very long-term solution there in Atlanta. He's only um, throwing for seven yards per pass attempt. That's not going to get it done um, in the NFL. It's better than Seattle, but that's also a low bar to get over. Um, and, you know, I mean, he, he just hasn't, he hasn't shown me yet um, in this uh, time through you know, as a starter after having a couple of years as a backup that he is going to be a guy that you can depend on. I mean, um, yeah, he completes 62% uh, of his passes, but two which, touchdowns, which two interceptions. And, and, and those know, interceptions came in, came at bad times. You know? Yeah. Cost him a game. Critical mistakes. And he, and he had a bad fumble in that first week. Um, yep. Like, he can't be endearing himself to the coaches with these turnovers. And so I'm, I want Marcus to do well. I want him to, to sh come up and show that he's a, he's a good, good player. I think he has physically the potential to be, I thought he was great at Oregon. Um, but yeah, he's just really not taking this opportunity and running with it. Like I'd hoped he had would. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny you said uh, taking the opportunity and running with it. Cordell, uh, Cordell Patterson is having a, a great outing so far uh, mm-hmm. this year. He just looks, he's bigger, uh, he's stronger. Uh, they're using him in a more dynamic way and putting him in the backfield um, quite frequently as their feature running back. They drafted Tyler Algerier out of BYU in the draft, who I think is a quality guy, kind of gives them a physicality that they've lacked. Uh, but Cordell Patterson is actually a lot more physical than you would think he is. Everyone kind of views him as some sort of gimmick guy and gadget player and so forth, but he's got some stature to him and, and um, he's run, been running the ball really well for them. That's something that Seattle has not been able to stop is opponents running games so far. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure in this game if if the Falcons uh, would set out to run the ball, which I do believe that would be their game plan. Um, let's try to establish that. Uh, Seattle's got to find a way to get better edge play, I think, out of Taylor in particular. Uh, uh, Nuasu, obviously, and um, and their linebackers. And figure out a way to, to uh, disengage blocks and make tackles closer to the line of scrimmage. And that just hasn't been happening for Seattle. Yeah, they're just they're it's been a rough, it's been a rough go for Seattle. And I don't know. I, mean, I think Seattle's the more talented team in this game. And that's not just the Homer in uh in me saying that. I look at the individual players and you match them up side by side. Um Atlanta doesn't have Seattle's receivers. Um, you know, Atlanta doesn't have Seattle's tight ends. Um I think even though they're really, really young and, and showing their their lack of experience, I think Seattle's got the more talented offensive line, right? And, and yeah. just go across, I mean, Grady Jackson's great, but he's how old? Um, and who else, you know, on that defense is really going to scare anybody? Um, I, if you just kind of go through position by position, it, it does feel like Seattle's the better team. Well, but I don't, I don't know I'll, if I can give Seattle the nod here as as the team that's going to win this. I just I, don't. I, I agree on some uh, respects uh, with as far as the <laughs> the roster is concerned. Um, I think that so far, um, their their running game is is better than ours for sure. I doesn't I doesn't necessarily translate into individual players. I'm just saying their 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 mm-hmm. game is more effective. They drafted London Drake, happened to go one pick before Seattle drafted Charles Cross, uh, number eight overall in the in the draft. He was the first wide receiver taken. A lot of us were very surprised at that pick. However, London Drake has proved to be uh, very good in his, his first two outings, and um, they're really counting on him to kind of really step up and be their number one wide receiver right out of the gate. And so far, he's been doing it. Um, and then Kyle Pitts, their tight end, I think Keith is, is head and shoulders above either one of our tight ends. Um, I don't know. He's not really a tight end. He's a receiver. Um, but okay. He, they list him as a tight end. I'll give you that. Um, and then, and then on the offensive line, Keith, Jermaine Fetty is their backup right tackle. I mean, come on, Keith. Yes. Which ob- automatically means I want to throw up. I hope whoever is whoever is the right tackle. Um, I wish you uh, all. It's per- Caleb McCary. That's right. Um, I wish you perfect health this Sunday, so that I don't have to 
be subjected to watching Jermaine Effetti try and play football. You know, it'd be fun to watch Jermaine Effetti uh, go against this defense. I think, you know, he would have some false starts because it is in Seattle. And, um, yeah, that might turn out turn out well for the Seahawks. Um, on defense... Oh, it, would turn out, it would turn out well for <laughs> Seattle, but it would still be painful for me to watch him try and play football. Like, I, even if he's in a, on the opponent's team, watching him attempt to block people just hurts. It just hurts me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it is interesting that uh, he's migrated now from um, Chicago over to Atlanta. He's now a backup, but he's still in the NFL. You know, there's something to be said for that. Um, Tyquan Graham as uh, a defensive end, they really like. They drafted Arnold Beckety, uh, who we had thought possibly would be a good fit in Seattle's defense. Um, we went in a different direction with Boye Mafe. Uh, but that was certainly a possibility. And then, of course, Grady Jarrett is one of the best defensive tackles, not named Aaron Donald in mm-hmm. the NFL, and really has uh, good games against Seattle. That's a guy that I think I'm watching only because our interior offensive line play has been so poor. And when you take a look at the undersized Austin Blythe at center, that's a matchup. If they can get it, um, would be an advantage, clearly, to, to uh, the Falcons. Yeah, give you that. And, and um, then their linebacker uh, crew, Mikhail Walker, is really coming into his own. And second-round pick Troy Anderson that they picked up out of Montana, we talked about a lot. I thought he was going to go a little later in the draft, but he had so much upside athletically at 4 four two forty speed. Um, he's he's playing about uh, 8 to 10 snaps on defense for them, but he's playing about 20 snaps on special teams for him and had a blocked um, block punt. Uh, by Anderson that Lorenzo Carter ran back the other day. So anyway, that's uh, that's their defense. I'm just saying I think our our um, overall rosters are comparable. Not, but I I agree that the Seahawks have more upside. I really do, and I just don't think that we've come into our own for some reason. We're not yet performing at a level we kind of expected a little bit on the on the defensive side particularly i knew that the offense was going to be a struggle but the defensive side to me i thought was going to be a little bit more stout depending the run we were pretty good last year and we added some pieces this year and mm-hmm. then uh you know on the back end we thought it was going to be a little struggle on the defensive back side of the the equation and so far they've been playing pretty decent uh as a defensive back group yeah they have been um they've been better than we expected and the front's been not as good as we expected. Although they did, they have been um, getting pressure on quarterbacks and that's always a good sign. I think part of what we're running into um, as far as the scheme goes is there's a lot of, it depends on the, you know, some of it isn't just players, it's the play calls and Seattle seems to be attacking, um, which is what you want them to do, but they seem to be attacking um, the quarterback on running plays and that's burned them quite a few times already this season. And so I wonder if we see uh, them dial that back a little bit and, and play more uh, designed run stuffing plays um, in this game, given that, you know, between uh, Atlanta's running game and then Mariota, who's, who's a, a good running quarterback. um, If, if they can slow the offense down by simply stopping the run and doing that first before you start trying to get after the quarterback. They need to do something really good. Like Mm -hmm. the defense needs to have an identity, Keith. It's like they don't do anything really good right now. 
And man, if they need to sell out to stop one thing, I think it would be in this game to try to at least get right and, mm -hmm. and stop the run. And I think that's something you can carry forward out of this game, re regardless of the result. Let's focus on doing something uh, really well. And then well, on and the I, offensive side too, it's it's the same story. Mm -hmm. it's like yeah. what do we what do we do well? What do we do well? We don't do anything well right now. Yeah, I mean you're not you're never going to be a great passing team with Geno Smith as your quarterback. So commit to the running game. Like get your tight ends in there. You know, play with two or three tight ends and run the football. Grind out some you know some hard yards that way. Really commit to it. Uh, they just ha they have not run enough the in the first two games, and you know in against Denver they were effective running, but they didn't run enough. And uh, against um, the Forty ers they they weren't effective and stopped trying. And that just I mean that means you're letting Geno Smith be your offense, and that's yeah, just not gonna, that's not going to cut it. You're not. It doesn't he's not seem good enough. like it. It doesn't seem like it's going to cut it. But they've got to be able to take advantage of what they do well. And what they do well right now is complete passes. They 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 completed an eighty percent clip, which is crazy. Which is yeah, which but is for no good. yards. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know that. But that is drawing defenses up. Not only are you drawing defenses up, you're not able to run the ball. Gino's got to take those shots. You've got to design four or five shots a game, even if Gino is instructed to throw it 20 yards past the receiver, whatever. He doesn't want to take any chances. That's fine. I get it. He's got to get those safeties to get, you know, to get back um, so that they can face seven uh, players in the box instead of eight. I mean, it's just one of those things that needs to be done regardless. I, I don't care how they do it. It just needs to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, mean it's it, you got to just you got to do it. It's it's one of those things. Now we're a little behind. It's like we're 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 one and one. If we lose this game, we're one and two, and it gets pretty dark, pretty well, quick. Yeah, yeah, as you were saying earlier, like you look at you look ahead and you start looking at the different teams that Seattle's got to play, and if you can't beat an Atlanta team that's in the middle of a rebuild with a bridge quarterback, um, you know. It, who are you beating? Mm -hmm. You really got to look at the roster, you know, yeah, and some of the teams we penciled in as, as Seattle beating earlier are now playing better. You know, you take a look at the giants, you take a look jets. at the, the jets who are a well-coached team. They're mm -hmm. going to be competitive. You take a look at Detroit. We all, we, we said, well, we, we're going to give Seattle that win because well, we need to give them a win on the, on the schedule. But when you really take a look at Detroit, Detroit's playing well. Jared Goff's actually playing well. And they play hard for yeah. uh, Campbell. I can't say that about the Seahawks right now. They're not, not after playing last week. hard. No. They, did, they didn't against San Francisco. They weren't prepared. Um, they weren't prepared. And they weren't prepared physically. And they weren't necessarily prepared mentally to go out and, and play a football game. They just looked lost. And um, at times disinterested. And that that's that's not good. Uh, Dan Campbell's done a great job in Detroit, and he's got those guys playing well. I think that I, I don't know if it's sustainable with that roster, and especially with Goff at, at quarterback. But sure. um, but at the same time, at least they're doing it. Seattle hasn't even Seattle had one half. Uh, Detroit's Detroit's faked it for two games. 
So let's let's do this. Let's um let's focus on what we want to see out of Seattle in this mm-hmm. game, regardless of opponent. What are you looking for on the offensive side of the ball that's going to tell you that things are are different? We're heading in the right direction. Run the damn ball. Commit to it. Give it to Penny. Give it to Walker. Run the ball. Run people over. Grind out first downs that way. You do that. You commit to the run. And you have a shot. If they go out and start trying to throw the ball a bunch and have all these bubble screens and like, you know, completed passes for two yards, then honestly, I don't see Seattle winning like ever. (laughs) Um, You've got, you've got to be better than that. And, um, you know, completing 80% of your passes is great, but not at 4.8 yards per attempt. What are you seeing in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball that gives you any hope that Seattle is going to be successful running the ball? Or do we need a change possibly? Um, I think it, it is it's mixed um because you'll see plays where um you know Abe Lucas just drives his guy back um you know eight yards into the backfield before pancaking him into the ground um and then the next play you'll see you know somebody just whiff on a block and there's you know a defensive tackle there you know trying to take the ball from Penny before he even gets Rashad there. Penny uh is last in the league in yards per attempt without being touched which means he's he's touched the most frequently mm-hmm. you know for for behind the line of scrimmage in the NFL yeah. yeah and that was one of those things that um like when Seattle was great at running the ball but back when Marshawn um was here uh he led the league in yards per attempt yards after contact per attempt um and if you look the last six games uh last year when penny was running hard and and doing well he was also up there he was running through guys um you know and they're also doing that this year i think they're the both backs are top 10 in that category but Mm -hmm. they're also getting hit before they even get a chance to get out of the backfield uh, quite frequently and so it, the the offensive line just isn't working together, and and I think that's a lot of it. You, they need to they need to commit more to it. They need to let these guys you know get in there and, and do their thing. Um, I, there's talent there. You know that um, that Lewis and Haynes can can run block. You know that um, Abe Lucas can run block. I, we didn't expect him to be this good at run blocking this early, sure. but go watch any tape you know he's he's gonna be good at it um get jake curran in there at, at well, i was right gonna guard. ask i was gonna ask you about that in addition to our conversation about that in our last show i've heard just tons of chatter on the radio corbin smith etc that gabe jackson is just not cutting it and people are kind of talking about the opportunity that jake curran might have at right guard it's weird because gabe jackson was the best offensive lineman on the on the roster last year uh, but he has not played well this, yet this year. The first two games have not been, they've not been good. Um, yeah, and he came, came, came back from some sort of knee procedure or something in the offseason, and who knows, maybe he mm-hmm. didn't get fully 
fully back on the rehab or whatever. Who knows? I don't yep. know, but it, it doesn't look good. I'd but, like to see Jay Curran out there. I mean, he's yeah. he's a road grader. And if we're going to focus on running the ball, Keith, and we're going to do it 25 times a game no matter what, let's get a guy out there that does it really well. Well, and that's one of the things that, you know, we talked about, like, get your best five guys out there. And if you've yeah, got two, absolutely. if you've got, if that means getting Curran and, and at right guard, if that means um, letting Haynes or Lewis be your center, um, you know, in order to get the, the the best five guys on the field, get the best five guys on the field, um, and and let them do their thing because you've got to be able to run the football if you're going to do anything, because um, Gino's not beating anybody. Sorry, he's not that kind of guy. Um, you've got to be able to run the football. So get your run blockers out there, go run some people over, and Curran. Curran is a fantastic run blocker. And so, yeah, get him out there. See what how happens. Do you, how do you feel about the use of our tight ends to help Gino out? I mean, I, you know, it seems logical to me that they would be heavily involved in um, in the in the passing game, considering the short throws that, that Gino's had. But so far, they've just kind of been marginally involved. Of course, we haven't been able to sustain any drives. I don't think yeah. we've seen the offense open up at all. No. We've only had two drives of resulting in touchdowns so far this year. Everything else has those, been punt, punt, punt. Both of field. those touchdowns were caught by tight ends. And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. True. And that's that's kind of where I'm leading. It's like that, that seems like the natural opportunity for Gino to take advantage um, and, and incorporate those things and Shane Waldron and so forth. But I, I don't know. It's so anemic. It's really hard to kind of ask your group to be any more involved right now. It's, nobody's getting involved. How about on the other side, Keith? What do you expect? What do you what do you think that we need to see out of the defense in order to keep us in this game? or or create some turnovers uh i would say start stopping the run because that's what atlanta wants to do they want to get um patterson going he's he is a weapon he with all that speed i mean he was been one of the great kick returners in the game for the last you know few years uh and and teams have been trying to use him as a wide receiver that's what he was drafted as but he's not a wide receiver um and he does well when they give him the ball out of the backfield running He's very Debo Samuel-like in terms of his ability to just um, get to places with speed and make guys miss and all that stuff. So they want to get, they're going to want to get Patterson going. Um, that's 
their bread and butter. And if you're Seattle, stop that. Get your guys up to the line of scrimmage. Be physical. Make tackles. No more broken tackles. Um, stop the run. Make Marcus Mariota beat you throwing the football. Because I don't know if he can. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's prone to mistakes. I think if Seattle can force the, the the run to be stopped, we have a great opportunity to create some turnovers, I think, in this game. Um, yeah, but the guy's got guy's to catch him. Because, like, Diggs has had uh, two interceptions hit him in the hands and that weren't caught. Well, you know they're working on it. I mean, those guys hate that, you know, yep. just as much as we hate talking about it. Those guys yep. hate dropping passes like that that are right in their bread baskets. You got to catch those. Um, how about linebacker play? That's <sighs> I should give tell you what you need to know. Um, Seattle's got some really talented linebackers that aren't playing real well. Um, we need we need better from Daryl Taylor. The guy's got all the physical physical gifts and he's good at going forward and getting after the quarterback. But what he hasn't done well this year is set an edge and, you know, force running plays back into the middle um, and that kind of stuff. He hasn't been good um, except for when he's asked to go, um, go get after a quarterback, anything else they ask him to do. He hasn't been good at, um, and he needs to be more than just a situational pass rusher. And then you look um, in the, the middle linebackers, like they're second and fifth in the league in total tackles. Uh, Seattle's two uh, inside linebackers. So they're making tackles, but they need to get off blocks and make those tackles, you know, after two yards, not I've after. I've heard uh, Corbin Smith had a stat that he shared that said that out of um brooks's 20 some odd tackles only four have come uh inside five yards um past the line of scrimmage yeah that's that's tough that's Mm -hmm. a that's a that's a tough stat for a guy that you're expecting to blow up plays um near the line of scrimmage and so forth we need a little bit better play there i wanted to ask you before we get out of here on two matchups um kyle pitts against whoever he's going to go up against it's he's a he's a matchup nightmare for 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 people i want to kind of see what you think he's going to be matched up against and then drake london against Tariq Woolen. okay drake london and Tariq Woolen is like gonna be fun because these are two guys that are big strong physical players um you know woolen's got him on got london on speed but uh london's got one on experience and you know agility but they're he's they're both big guys neither one of them i mean they're london both tall 6 for 5 220 yeah they're, they're these are big big guys and um i think it, we're in for a special matchup i just hope that woolen doesn't get too handsy and and give up a bunch of pass interference plays i don't mind if he gets handsy early i think that if he wants to establish some physicality and i'm okay with that but mm-hmm. you know if he gets called and it's re- he just is real physical i'm okay with that just yeah. you know at the end of the game second half when it when the game's on the line, you don't want to, you don't. Yeah, do yeah. So the, I mean, he can set the tone. Like I'm, I, I for on defense, I like aggressive penalties. You know what I mean? Like those kind of plays. We or, don't have that right now, Keith. Yeah. It's like we just don't have that physicality uh, mm-hmm. identity on defense, man. And Woolen's got the opportunity, I think, out of anybody, really. Yep. And then you you mentioned uh, Pitts. I think that's going to fall on uh, Josh Jones more than anybody. And he needs to 
he needs to play well. That's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I also think that it's going to um, fall on Cody Barton. And Cody mm-hmm. Barton is... I was thinking of Ryan Neal, too. Actually, yeah, Ryan Neal will get some get some get some run with that. Uh, Cody Cody Barton is gonna is he's good in coverage. It's like one of the things he does well is he covers, but he is not fast enough to keep up with Pitts. Pitts is gonna run away from him, so they better have a plan for that yeah. because otherwise yeah. it's gonna be a lot of deep passes to to Pitts. All right, prediction time, Keith. I'm gonna make you go first this time. Oh. Um. I still think Seattle's the better team overall. I think they have the better roster. So I'm going with Seattle, but I'm not I'm not super confident on it and I'm not picking a high score. I'm going to say 20 to 17. Seattle. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to go in a different direction and kind of the same. So <laughs> Atlanta has scored 26 and 27 points against pretty good teams. I think Seattle's not as good of a defense as the Rams. Or the Saints. And I think Atlanta is going to score some points. Um, and I don't I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I think Seattle is going to end up breaking out in this game. And I think they're going to end up scoring some points. The run game kind of gets going. Uh, Gino throws the ball up. And, um, and Medcap comes down with it a couple times in the end zone. And uh, maybe, maybe one of our tight ends uh, gets involved again. Um, and, and scores a touchdown. So I'm, I'm going to say 27-23 Seahawks. It's a home game. We need this game. This is a must-win mm-hmm. game as far as I'm concerned if you're a Seahawks fan and, and, and the team. Um, yeah. you got to be able to come out and protect your home field. And you've, if you don't want the season to be over before it starts, you got to win this game because yeah. – if this doesn't happen, you've got to go out on the road at a 10 a.m. game against the Lions, against a really difficult opponent that's going to play hard, and and after that it gets even harder. And so they could go, they could go five, six, seven weeks before they could be in the win column if they don't win this game. And it, yeah. and it might turn out that way anyway. They could win this game and then go zero and five in the next five. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean. If you if they lose this game against a beatable team, you're gonna be you're gonna be looking forward and seeing this is a team that's gonna be what one in seven. And at- yeah, it just tells you. I think if you lose against the the Falcons, uh, they're on the road. They've been out away from Atlanta. They 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 played the Rams. They didn't travel back. They're they're on the West Coast. They've been out here for a while. If you lose against this team, that's in the same rebuild mode that you're in. Um, and, and they're projected to be, you know, almost everyone has them as the bottom, you know, 30, 31, 32nd team in the league. Mm-hmm. You lose against this team at home and you're, and you look bad. It's going to be a long season. It just is. You'd be lucky to win four four games total. I think if, if you lose this game. Yeah. It's a winnable game. Go win it's it. It's a winnable game. Go win it. Yeah. Go win it. It's right there. It's right yep. there. Gino should, you know, if he has a decent game. And, but our run game is effective and our, 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 you know, we tackle well and we play good defense and we generate a turnover. This game is winnable. And, mm-hmm. but man, they got to go want it. They've got to want it. Yep. All right. We're out of here. Let's do it. Enjoy the game, Keith. Um, no matter, no matter what happens, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. 
you know where the show's at, but make sure you subscribe and share it to your friends if you like it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.